Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister with the CC Podcast Conversations, and Andrew and I are doing our last set of sidekick intros at Wrapping the up. Christian Products Expo. It's been a can't say it's been a marathon because it's been 48 hours, but it's been a sprint. It's been a hefty sprint. And I think it's been worth our time. Very much. I mean, I'm excited to hear from our listeners. I mean, what did you enjoy from these interviews? Right now, the one you're going to hear is Victoria Durstock, and she is an author of several books. She just started a publishing house. She's a homeschool mom of three grown-ish kids. Her youngest kid just went to community college as a freshman for the first time today. Yeah. And uh, she said she wasn't there to make sure that he got out of bed and got to class. So her (laughs) older daughter came home and roused him out and they even sent him one of the first day of school pictures. Yeah, with his backpack. Did did that resonate with you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Recently graduated boys. Uh really a pleasurable conversation yeah. and uh she opened a publishing house two of them one that is for general market books yeah. that is not specifically christian market and then one that is christian market yep. she's being very strategic about using all of that for the kingdom yeah but uh really sharp just she was just really impressive to talk to very personal but but you could tell that not only does she get it but she's smart and she knows how to leverage her gifts and 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 what's been put in her way um to to further the kingdom and that was really impressive to me. she was at nrb yeah the the name of her publishing house is endgame yeah. which which i thought was cool because she said uh obviously you're thinking about spiritually like the end game yeah but it kind of happened during the whole Marvel thing. Yeah. And uh, so she, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Marvel stuff, but no. it sounds like she's a Marvel fan. Yeah. Well, I talked to her about NRV also, and she said uh, that, you know, I mentioned, oh, we had a booth there too. And uh, and she said she didn't get a chance to, to walk around at all because they brought five employees with to their booth, and they were all five stuck, not stuck, but all five at their booth engaged with people the entire conference and never got a chance to go to sessions or to walk around to other booths or anything like kind that. Kind of like us. Yeah, exactly. That's I said, you know, Matt was Matt didn't get a chance to talk to anybody either. We, you know, Jen and I walked around to, to some of them, sat in the fancy sports car. But other than that, uh, you know, it was we were pretty swamped too, but in in a great way. Yeah, she uh, also gave us tips on sneaking furniture into NRB without having to pay oh. the crazy costs. Oh, so yeah. that'll be good. I mean, NRB, if you're listening, we would never ever do that. Yeah, we would, because your prices are so ridiculous. <laughs> which is why we need donors to support our NRB because yeah. it is worth it despite the cost. It's very worth it. That's anyway, right. enjoy this interview with Victoria Durstock, and we are keeping that part. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) 
Hey everybody, Matt Reister with the CC Podcast Conversations and I'm at the Christian Products Expo. I'm with Victoria Durstock, who is an author among other things. And Victoria, you're a veteran probably at this thing. Well, I mean, five years, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> so somebody was telling me the history of this. There was some organization before CPE. Do you know about that? A little. I never attended before you, I was an author. So, do you uh, know what it was called? I guess they used to have a conference that was huge. It was like a CBA, I think, was CBA. what it was. Christian Booksellers Association, and they had a big conference every year, like 10,000 people or something attended. So, okay, yeah. wow. Yeah, so there's a book expo for the general market, which is a used to be a huge show in New York City. And I actually got to attend one time and sign books there, and it was crazy great. Wow. Um, but it doesn't exist anymore. COVID took it out. So, wow. Yeah. So, uh, in our conversation before we hit record, you've used this term general market versus Christian market. Explain the two. Sure. Uh, so, Christian market books are generally very faith-based, uh, talking about God, devotionals, things that are very clear, they have scripture in them. General market books can still be faith-filled, but they're more inspirational in nature. They wouldn't necessarily have um, scripture. You wouldn't have a devotional, but you might have a gift book that had an inspiring kind of base to it. Yeah. Um, and children's books, again, can run a plethora of topics. There just doesn't. There's not necessarily have to be a faith-based component. Yeah. So, um, a lot of the books that you might see in a regular bookstore will be general market books, trade books, um, and they don't have to have any kind of religious viewpoint. Although everyone has a religious viewpoint right, so you right. know there's always an agenda behind some of those things yeah for sure awesome so uh you've got a family you've got a husband and three kids and you're telling me that your 18 year old son who i have an 18 year old son who just graduated <laughs> from high school yes and i just kicked him out of bed upstairs <laughs> at the hotel because we need to check out uh but your son is starting college today he is he is he he uh, fortunately had his sister come home last night because uh he was on his own this morning and she made sure we got the backpack picture and the new haircut <laughs> and uh, he actually had a smile on his face so i was impressed <laughs> what time was his first class uh nine o'clock Okay, that's better than 8 o'clock. It is. <laughs> I helped him with his schedule. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So uh, tell us more about your family. So uh, I am 26 years married. We just celebrated at the beginning of the month and uh, love love my husband dearly. We are, we're a great uh, compatible couple, yeah. although we're nothing alike. Yeah. So that's, I think, why it works. That's my wife and I. <laughs> but at the early years, you know, they were a bit of a challenge. You know, it's taken us a little while to really get used to it. He's a he's a firstborn, and I'm an only child. So okay. you can imagine that there's yeah. some, maybe some conflict, potential anyway. <laughs> uh, we, have, we have three great kids, two daughters, uh, 25, 21, and uh, our son is 18, of course. So uh, they're great kids. We love them. We just took a little mini vacation really quick before everybody scattered again and just had a great time. Where'd you go? We went down to Key West. Oh, sweet. Yes. Nice sun. Did you drive all the way out there? Oh, no. We flew. Yeah. Yes. Because no. you can drive. That's crazy. Like going through. Yeah. Oh, I know. But it's it's very long. Yeah, it is. It goes way out there. <laughs> it's way out there. Yeah. So we, you know, we just did some of the fun water stuff. and. Was it packed? It wasn't too bad. You no. know, there was maybe one day where it seemed very kind of full of tourists, but we got, you know, on a boat and kind of left and snorkeled and yeah. had to see some fun things. Did so. you just stay at a resort down there? We did. We did. Awesome. So. Good for you. So um, tell me about your kind of background faith-wise. Sure. How were you raised? When did you come to faith in Christ? That kind of thing. 
So I was born into a, a Christian family. They hadn't always been believers, but by the time I came along, uh, they were they were believers themselves. And my dad was actively pursuing ministry. So my dad's a missionary evangelist. Cool. That's how he served um, my whole life until just the last few years. And his main uh, ministry area was Australia because that's where my mom is from. Oh wow! And so he would travel to Australia four times a year. He always made two trips to Canada a year and do revival ministry within the church and encourage pastors while yeah. he was there. So I've, my whole life has just been about ministry, has been around the church, played the piano for a long time, so I'd yeah. accompany him while he'd sing, and so that that's just my my childhood. And I'm an only child, so it was right. me and mom most of the time, and then dad would travel, and then we'd be together, and I'd help him with, you know, support churches and things. Where were you with. raised? So we lived in Tampa, Florida for a good part of it. I oh, did yeah. live in Australia for a little while, wow. you know, when I was younger, and that was really a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, not, not many people can say that one. So that's that's neat. Everyone wants to visit Australia. Yes. Including myself. I've yes. never been there. But yeah. Well, I haven't been back in a long time, so I'm ready to go again. Cool. For sure. Yeah. So just came to faith at a very early age? I did. I was actually in a meeting where my dad was preaching a camp meeting for youth in Australia. I was five years old, sitting in the back, you know, but it was for teenagers, so I wasn't even really supposed to be in the room. And my dad was actually preaching about sin and about hell and about the, the fact that you know, without repentance, without remission of sin, you know, all these things that were probably way far above my understanding, mm-hmm. but I knew I was a sinner. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I'd done wrong even at five. Yeah. And I knew that I didn't want to go to hell. I, you know, I wanted, I wanted heaven to be my home one day. And so, yeah. um, I remember leaving that meeting and going to talk to my mom and she, she wanted to make sure I understood. And so she told me, let's wait till after your nap and then you can talk to your dad and I didn't want to go to sleep because <laughs> I just, I was so under yeah. conviction um, yeah. at that moment. I remember that. I remember That's thinking incredible. I don't want to take a nap. And so I was very young, which, you know, growing up very young does cause like some later issues because you wonder, was that actually my, right. my faith? What, am I solid? Did right. I make the, you know, did I make that decision? Was that mom and dad? Um, so about 18, I actually going to Christian college, yeah. and mom going through cancer at the time. Yeah. Uh, that's when I really rock solid knew, like, I know I'm saved. I know what I believe about the Bible. I know what I believe about God. And it's mine. It's my yeah. faith. It's not just what I was raised with. Yeah. And I yeah. think that that was a really important point of my process. Too. Yeah, that's awesome. So you met your husband at college? I did. He was a senior and I was a freshman. So I was really good friends with his sister. Oh, perfect. (laughs) That's a good way to arrange things. (laughs) I didn't do it on purpose. He was always uh, Judy's brother. So it was a really unique, you know, opportunity to get to know his family and get Mm -hmm. to know him. Um, But then one day, you know, I think kind of like the switch went on for both of us and we went, boy, you know, we never considered this. So, you know. (laughs) That's awesome. My wife and I have a similar story in that we hung out a lot together. And then finally the veil fell off. The the scales fell off my eyes like, whoa, get after that. What are you doing? (laughs) Well, I actually, um, it's so funny. We talked about the fact that we just never would date each other. I actually went to an interview to be hired by him to work for him, and he wouldn't hire me. And I was so very upset about it. (laughs) I told this story last night. I was like, I... I am so qualified for this job. I don't know why this man did not hire me. You know, what is wrong with him? We're even friends, you know, like, what? Yeah. and he didn't hire me because he wanted to date me and he didn't date employees. And I didn't know that at the time, but I was oh. really upset. Well, it worked out. <laughs> it did. We even went on a first date to the fair and I threw up on him at the fair. So it still worked out. After and a ride? After a ride. Yeah. Yeah. I can't ride rides anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, what are the, the, the best job you never had? There's a, maybe a book title there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, probably. So um, when did you come to the point where you realized you were going to be an author? 
you know, I always had this vision of, uh, of writing. I, I've always been an avid reader, so you already know I'm an only child, so there's not a lot of other things you do with yeah. your time. You know, I practiced the piano yeah. and got really good at that because I had a lot of time. And I love to read. You know, reading was just one of my favorite things to do. So as a reader, I always thought, I bet I could write something like that, you know. And I thought maybe one day, you know, when I'm older, um, I'll just have this time, you know, where I can look out across the, you know, green countryside yeah. and see the trees and the lake and just be inspired to write something. And somebody will go, well, that's a really good book. We should publish that. And they'll publish it and it'll be just great, you know. It's just yeah. going to be the perfect thing. And, and really that was one of those things that I thought would happen after the kids had grown up and left the home and you know my retirement years yeah because I trained as a pianist I have a music degree I have a master's in music education wow. so I've taught music all along uh, the whole time that we've been married and uh, homeschooled our kids yeah. you know through most of their years yeah so writing was one of those things you know far off in the distance future and I certainly didn't understand the business at all so you know it was one of those fantastical dreams yeah um, and God really kind of started changing my heart about six years ago and kind of shutting down the music studio side of things. Interesting. And I thought, it's not the right time, Lord. And I'm very ambitious. I love a good challenge. I love to take charge. I love to lead. It's just kind of how I'm wired. Yeah. And for a really long time, I thought, Lord, I don't know why I'm home. I don't know why I'm yeah. small and yeah. working here. But he taught me to be satisfied with yeah. it. And I really was. I, I loved our years together. I loved being home have no regrets yeah. about that because it's such a short season of our life. Yeah. And um, anytime I tried to grow big or do something more, yeah. everything got chaotic and it was hard to juggle. Yeah. And and I just felt like the Lord was saying, not now, not now. And and so I constantly just said, you know, I'm home. I'll serve in my church. We'll do the music, you know, in yep. between homeschooling. I'm happy. Yep. And I was very, very content. So when, when the Lord started stirring in my spirit that there's time for some change, I actually thought, no, it's the wrong time. They're not gone yet. You you kind of laid that down. Like, I had. It's not going to be now. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a lay down, pick up, lay down, pick up like it was in yeah. the early years. Yeah. It was a it it really was one of those times where I thought, well, Lord, you know, that's the wrong timing. Yeah. And uh, and that for me was a really good indicator that it wasn't my doing. Yeah. To start this process. Yeah. Um, it was actually Him working in me. Cool. And I went to that first writing conference, and I didn't know anything about writing and yeah. I learned a ton and somebody said well you know it's easier to get into fiction you know if you have any fiction ideas and so I went back and I wrote a novel off of my husband's uh, 20 words that he had a dream about one night in a hotel room and wow he still calls it his book it's really like <laughs> frustrating because he wrote 20 words and I wrote about 80,000 later you know so it's his book it's never been published what is, but it was it's uh, never been published no not yet are you gonna <laughs> I am yeah yeah can you tell us anything about it? Um, well, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's kind of an unusual thing. You know, it came from a dream, so it's yeah. you know going to be a little unusual. Uh, but it's kind of a crime thriller uh, that comes across the country and has a little diners, drive-ins, and dives, foodie kind of experience with these young college students who are just trying to have their last hurrah before you know going into wow. adulthood. Yeah. And, I mean, it was super fun to write, but you know, it really comes to a really hard conclusion because a couple people don't make it out yeah so uh it was a lot of fun right so i mean can you tell me your husband's dream that inspired it <laughs> well i'd give a i mean it gives a lot of weight. it does okay it's well, like you don't the backbone of the timeline okay and then i filled in all the detail okay 
That's crazy. I'm, I'm excited. When is this coming out? I don't know. Um, I have to have time to write. You know, my last year and a half has been really challenging. You mm-hmm. know, uh, launching the house has, has given me a different vision and working on my own projects has felt very different now that I'm working on other people's projects as well. So mm-hmm. um, I'd love to see it maybe in 24. I'm hoping I can. So catch us up. What do you mean launching the houses? <laughs> so in uh, late 2020, I have, I think I was sitting with about eight or nine books that I had written at that point. So I started in 2016, uh, trying to hear from the Lord of what, what was going on and what he was doing with me. Um, 2017, learning the business, getting an agent. I thought I'd have everything figured out in a year. Did not. You know, got the first writing contract in 2018. My yeah. first book started releasing in 19. So I had two in 2019 and two in 2020. And uh, the Lord's just kind of gone fast and furious with me once he opened the doors. Cool. Um, but there was an urgency in my spirit that time short. Um, I see a lot of darkness in the world. And yeah. I want to I be salt and light as long as possible. Yeah. And I thought I can only... <laughs> You know, I'm writing two and three books a year. This is this is hard. You know, there's a lot of work involved in this marketing and and all of the things that that need to be done. Yeah. And I thought I can only move so fast. But if there's other people with me, you know, maybe maybe there's an opportunity here. So January of 21, moved forward with launching my own publishing house, traditional publishing house that's hitting nonfiction, fiction, children's books. Wow. In in both marketplaces, so that we can be salt and light with family friendly, moral stories yeah. um, and inspirational gift books, as well as resources that are, that'll help encourage believers, mm-hmm. help uh, parents, help uh, all of the different age groups for yeah. children have faith-based things. Cool. Cool, exciting, terrifying, all yeah. at one time. Yeah. And what does your husband do? So my husband's, um, he's a, <laughs> if you ask him, he'll give you a, a nice long story because he does a lot of different things, but he works for a company keep it short, wall art, accessories, um, and he helps design products that you've probably seen in Target and Bed Bath Beyond and places like that. Well, I mean, I don't go those places, but maybe my wife has. Okay, so, yeah, so, so you, well, you might have them in your home. You might have seen them in your home. Um, So he helps design those, but he also works with the sales teams to help create product that they want. Awesome. And uh, I think it's a really beautiful thing because the furniture industry, we've been on both sides, both retail as well as manufacturing, and um, it's kind of a dark place, and there's a lot of things. I think because um, there's not a lot of integrity. Um, in sales many times, uh, okay. especially. And he is a man of integrity and he's known for that. And so That's he has awesome. some really great relationships that he's built with people um, through the years that trust him. That's and awesome. so wherever they go, they want to they work with him. And I think it's just a beautiful thing to be able to watch that happen uh, because he has just, he's always been honest and uh, done his best to work with people to yeah. just be a man of honor. This is a really random I'm pulling something from 10 plus years ago. I was driving into, I worked for an organization, Des Moines, Iowa, and commuted from where we live in Northeast Iowa. So I was down there maybe two, three days a week, and then back home, working from home the rest of the time. And I was listening to talk radio when I was pulling into work one morning, and Glenn Beck was on. You heard of Glenn Beck? I have. And I didn't even really listen to Glenn Beck regularly, but that day I was listening to him, and he was making the point that the day is coming, this is 10... 12 years ago, where a man's word is going to be recognized, not just in religious and Christian circles as valuable, Mm. but in the world. Yes. Like more valuable than gold. Mm -hmm. 
and I don't, I don't know why I remember that just now or why that stood out to me then, but, but I, I remember thinking at that time, like, I wonder if that's right. I wonder if the world will recognize a person's word. Somebody who has integrity is honest, like you just described your husband. Yes. Uh, but, but what you just described and how he's respected and successful mm-hmm. because of that mm-hmm. is a testament to that. Well, and, it, and it's a very largely not religious area, right? I mean, yeah. Furniture sales in general, just, you know, regular people. They're, they're not usually faith-based. You know, yeah. it's, not a, it's not a Christian environment to work in necessarily. Yeah. So, so to me, that just speaks volumes for the way he's walked. That's awesome. The way he talks, the way he interacts. Um, he is always treating people well. He's always making sure to serve the customer. Mm-hmm. And those are things that don't just naturally happen anymore. Yeah. And I think that it's, again, I think the value in, continues to increase in that because yeah. they recognize it's different. And yeah. I'm, we kind of feel like that's just the way we're supposed to, totally. to work, right? You know, yeah. this is just the way God calls us to work in a world. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of second nature for him, but it's become very yeah. special because it's very unique and different. Yeah, that's great. And, and just... Uh, tip for people listening like do that yes and train your kids to do that yeah. I mean, if you notice you've got young kids younger and and we do and the the competition is pretty low in terms of what they're competing against in the job market oh they the, just the need to look is, somebody in the eye yeah. and speak clearly yeah and say hello and shake hands and i mean they're pretty much i mean they Isn't got a something? leg up on everybody it's crazy i know it i mean I've told my kids that same exact thing. Like there's not really a very, a lot that you're going to need to do in order to set yourself apart, but please at least do that and, yeah. and then do more. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I wrote the Navigating Minefields. This was for young men and it's based on the book of Proverbs. Uh, but I wanted to, I wanted my son to hear some of those things, being a man of integrity and, um, you know, don't blow up and don't be angry and be, you know, those kind of principles that you find in the book of Proverbs daily yeah. living. And it's the same exact thing. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to do a lot. If you do what the Bible teaches, if you do those things, you're going to come out far ahead. And, and this was one of our inspirational titles. So we didn't even say that Proverbs 1.1 says. Yeah. We said, hey, here's some really good ideas for you as you're growing yeah. you know, from 13 to 18, from, from young man to adulthood. Yeah. If you put these things in your life right now and become a man of integrity, a man of honor, someone who's commits to telling the truth, even when it's not easy yeah. and taking responsibility for your actions, all of those kinds of things. If yeah. you make that a pattern now, yeah. you're going to be a man of integrity. You're that's going great. to have an adulthood that's going to be marked by that. I'm going to have you sign this to my bro- my son. I would love to would do, that. do that. Oh, yes. Because, you know, the original title to this, uh, my co-author and I said, Letters to My Son. Oh, cool. Because that's what we wanted to call it. Yeah. But, you know, there's not a boy alive that'll pick up a book that says letters to my son. <laughs> Navigating <laughs> we really, minefield sounds better. I, we really wanted them to read it, right? Like, <laughs> it wasn't a book we wanted just to be given. You know, we were yeah. like, yeah, you know, if we if we keep it letters to my son, we're toast. You know, these these boys are going to be like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So um, you've got this story that's brewing or this book that's brewing from your husband's dream <laughs> which is fiction yes this is nonfiction. what's your mix of fiction and nonfiction as an author the lord opened doors for nonfiction. he hasn't opened any doors for fiction so you haven't written any fiction yet no that that'll be a series that one dream is going to be a series i'm sure my husband's still going to call it his i'm <laughs> yeah. still going to probably put his name on it i don't know i mean i'm, I'm like i don't know how i'm going to deal with that cover i mean he's going to want his name on it um, <laughs> um but 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 God opened doors. This is this is a beautiful story because this is redeeming some time too. And when we got married, um, I was very much doing music, 
and he was very much in the furniture world and doing design and things like that and that was his world and I got to come with him to furniture markets do fun things like that but I was doing music and that was my world but early on in our marriage I got pregnant and I got very sick all the time I think that episode at the fair was like a precursor to like what married life was going to look like for him. So it was a good thing he was already initiated. But um, I I was in the hospital, dehydrated, just very sick. And so I couldn't keep teaching. I was teaching. I was trying to stay with him. And so I ended up working with him. So first year marriage, sick all the time. Working with your husband. Working with your husband, who you're newly married to. Yeah. He's a firstborn who wants to control everything. I'm an only child who... Does wants control to control everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> Who is in charge? Um, so you know you can only imagine. Uh, we we worked through a lot of you know marriage angst really quickly, but God put me in the middle of this furniture world, interior design, all these things that I wasn't really that wasn't really part of my world. It was beautiful and I loved it and I thought I had appreciation for it. But I did that for several years. And what I didn't know was that was going to become the tie-in for that first book that got accepted. Uh, 20 plus years later wow. um, and that first book was called Heart and Home and it was devotionals that tied in the beauty of design basics for your heart and home like flow and harmony um, focal point all those things that you find in design you also find in God's word as, as things that are important for our hearts a focal point in a room means you've got your eye resting on something you have that one place in the room to rest your eye But a focal point in our hearts, if God is that person that's our focal point, then we're not going to go wrong. So I tied those two ideas together and put some full-color photography together. And uh, an HGTV-excited editor said, yes, we want to do these these books. Wow. That was the door that opened. And it was, I I said, well, God, why can't I write a book about music? Why can't I do my fiction? You know, why why none of that? But he redeemed all of that time where I thought he put me in the wrong place. 20 plus years later, that's the door he opened when I started my writing career. So this is interesting. I'm going to have you sign this to my wife. I'd love to. So this says... This is the third book in the series. Oh, this is the third one. It is. Okay, so this one I'm looking at says, oh, there's a heart and home series. There is. I got you. Yeah. Guard your heart and home, pursuing peace in your living space. So um, we just put a pretty significant addition on our house. Mm-hmm. and That my, was so peaceful too, wasn't it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> It's still not done yet, and my wife was just telling me on the way out the door, like, most of this crap that needs to be put away is yours. I and, and I'm notorious for cluttering her oh. her space. Oh boy, she can't stand that. I bet. But um, I was just flipping through this a second and saw a couple of the, the <laughs> titles and stuff. But she is wanting our home. I mean, pursuing peace in your living space. Like, the clutter drives her nuts. Absolutely. And it creates chaos. And, you know, clutter in our hearts does the same thing. It's chaos because it's sin. A lot of times that clutter that that we don't know why, you know, why are our hearts such a unpeaceful, yeah. unsatisfied, anxious place? It's, it's a lot of times because sin might have invaded. So we, we've got all these blank walls and, kind of, and we need some furniture mm-hmm. to fill some new areas. And we haven't done any of that yet. Mm-hmm. And my wife is trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to, what's this going to look like? She's kind of weighing all that right now. Right. So will this help her? I think she might find encouragement and an inspiration for yeah. sure. So what's been really neat is the Heart and Home books actually <clears throat> connected me with these Instagram women who um, are faith-filled 
uh, and love design. And yeah. they would send me their pictures, they'd send me their collaborations because they thought a book like that really made a lot of sense. So each one of my books now, and I've written about hospitality as well, and they've all contributed. So they've all like had a part of these books, yeah. and I've been able to mix their ideas in as well and their pictures. I mean, it's been it's been amazing. And so what are you what are you trying to do? You might have said that, and I wasn't listening when I was flipping through <laughs> this. But what are you trying to do with this series specifically, Heart and Home? So you know, a beautiful book gets picked up, and a beautiful book that gets picked up might get read. Yeah. And my my hope is that there will be a gospel conversation that gets started from this. So it's an easy coffee table book. It's an easy is devotional this, to encourage you. Is this general market or Christian? It's Christian market. Okay. But I think there's a real general use for it because it's it does have a Bible verse. It does have an application from Scripture. It does have a prayer. But it's not preachy, you know. It's yeah. very practical, and yeah. you also have photos on the other side of every single page. Yeah. So somebody might flip through it and just to look at the pictures, but yeah. hopefully they might catch a word or two that they yeah. would read over there. So for me, all of those books, I wanted them to be gospel-centered conversations. Yeah. Because how easy is it to give somebody a pretty book and say, "Here, I had a gift for you," without yeah. without you know saying, "Hey, <laughs> you need Jesus." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what I really hope is that maybe it would prompt a conversation yeah. uh, that you could have as, with your neighbor, with your friend, with yeah. your with your sister-in-law that you don't know knows yeah. Jesus or not. And and some inspiration about how to maybe organize your home. Yes. What my wife is saying is, you know, we did this edition so we could host people, mm-hmm. and we want to have our home be used uh, for the Lord. Yes. Um, but we also want it to be laid out. I, I say we, I, I don't really care, but my wife wants it to be laid out in such a way that, you know, kind of captures that. Sure. So that the, that the, it all kind of flows together, the stuff mm-hmm. on the walls and, right. and what we're trying to do in the space. Yes. Um, and not that we want to be you know, some picturesque home. That's right. not the idea. That's not the point. But that it serves the stuff, the, the decor yes. serves the mission. Mm-hmm. Which now I'm even talking words. I don't even know, I know what they mean great? necessarily. I love but. it. I love it. So I got to write about hospitality uh, just two years ago, right when COVID came out. I'm writing wow. about hospitality, extraordinary hospitality for ordinary Christians. Wow. And um, actually taking that approach of saying, what does the Bible say about hospitality? What does that look like? What does that mean? And I believe it means open doors yeah. and that it's an opportunity for us to be an outpost for the church. Yeah. We should be bringing people into our spaces, yeah. not just discipleship. That's an important part of it, but yeah. also outreach. witness, yeah. outreach. We need to bring the community in to us. And we can do that by having a place that's comfortable, that's not cluttered, where people feel like they have a place to sit down. You don't have to have a fancy spread. It might be pizza and paper plates. Right. It doesn't have to be fancy. Yep. It just needs to be done. You just have to have be willing to open the door. So I also address even kind of <clears throat> weekly cleaning tips and decluttering and give people recipes and some ideas for keeping things in the pantry. My because, wife's going to love this. Because sometimes it's <laughs> it's not understanding the heart of hospitality is actually because Jesus has told us to. Yeah. And because it's all through scripture. Yeah. You know, there's even Old Testament examples of, of what hospitality looks yeah. like. But also... It could be the practical part of it. I mean, somebody just may not know how to keep up with their house every week. So yeah. I did a two-week cleaning routine. You know, some of it was yeah. practical. Some of it was really digging into yeah. the heart of hospitality. And I That's think cool. I think it's kind of two things for people. I also think we're just all too busy. Yeah. Right? We're too busy to open the doors because we're tired. And yep. we've filled every moment of the day margin. with something. So there's no margin. And I talk about that in that book as well. My wife's going to be glad I met you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just the other night my daughter so our second oldest she's 15 mm. and she was at our house with 
three of her friends and they mm-hmm. kind of saddled up to the island. Yep. And I had a ton of work to do. I was going back to the office. Sometimes I put in some really late night hours just because everyone else in bed. And, yes. But I just, I had this sense that, you know, these girls are here um, in a couple specific situations that I won't get into. But I just sensed the Lord say, like, you got to be here. Mm. And so just sat down at the island and didn't really do anything substantial in terms of our conversation, you know? I do. But just an opportunity to connect with these gals who are going to, Lord willing, be in our home, mm-hmm. you know, for the next few years. Right. And who could um, afford to be around people like our family. 100%. If, if I can, that's kind of code, but... No, I know, you know exactly what, I mean? what you're saying. Uh, a positive influence. Yeah. Um, even that positive male influence. I mean, a lot yeah. of times that's missing yep. in a lot of homes, right? Yep. Which is one reason I wanted to address marriage. This particular volume of, of Heart and Home was, was marriage-oriented, you know, because I, we want strong marriages. But our homes, so many homes are fractured. So anytime we have that opportunity to pour into others, I mean, I think it's really important. Yeah, cool. What else are you writing? Or, you've got another one that's on the way. <laughs> it's on the way. That's not here yet. Yes, this is, this is a passion project. It's called The Story of Good. Um, I love stories about people who leverage either a hobby or a job um, to do something good with it. So yeah. extraordinary God who's doing ordinary, you know, with ordinary people who, who God fills. What I thought it was going to look like, though, is not how it turned out because God kind of packaged it up in a really neat kind of spot and kind of handed it to me. And I didn't even have to go out and do the research myself. What happened was Vera Bradley launched an initiative called The Good Market last year again during COVID. But what they had done is they'd gone out and they found certain businesses that they wanted to help support, different causes. So there's a business called Sackcloth and Ashes who addresses homelessness here in the U.S. There's um, Village Thrive who works uh, with woven goods coming from Indonesia and across the world. New Hope Girls in the Dominican Republic helping uh, redeem girls out of a very bad situation. A lot of times they get sold into slavery or sex trafficking from four to eight. They're, they're down there doing really hard things. I've been in that ministry many, many times. So my circle intertwined with some of these folks that were launching this new initiative. So I get to tell more than 20 stories of businesses that are doing good in the world. And the really neat thing was when I sat down to talk to many of them, so many of them are believers. Wow. Not every one of them. Yeah. And that didn't come up in every story. Yeah. But the ones where you started having those conversations and really getting to know them, that, that faith kind of came to the forefront after a while and because they're believers they wanted to find a way where they could do good Hmm. maybe it was uh taking a former cocaine plantation in Colombia, and now it's producing coffee beans and they're supplying coffee to the u.s so there's there's all these stories and so many of them really they are believers they don't lead with their faith in business they're not launching nonprofits. they're actually a business a for-profit business yeah but their purpose is to either help the people where they are and give back the money. There's some of the businesses that have launched and all the money goes right back into the people that they're helping. Wow. They're, they're taking no money back. So it's it would be a terrible business plan. You yeah. know, I mean, you go to a university and try to teach this, you know, they'd be like, well, you're going to go out of business. Yeah. That's the opposite of what's happening. Wow. And um, so there are stories of good that, you know, we want to tell mm-hmm. and then also help promote each one of the businesses and the good things they're doing. Because, you know, our younger generation, they want to buy products products from people yeah. that are actually doing good. They don't yeah. want to necessarily just get another commodity 
another you know Nike t-shirt or whatever nothing's wrong with that there's a lot of people that want to intentionally purchase from somebody that they know hey this this purchase when I buy that bag or that jewelry it's actually going to help somebody you know have clean water for a week yeah I mean that's that's, That's cool. really awesome when you can buy a bracelet and all of a sudden you've got a whole whole other person's had a clean clean water for a week. That that you know you're making a difference. Yeah. What's the name of that book again? The Story of Good. And when do you think it'll be out? October. October. Yeah. The Story of Good. Awesome. Have you heard of an organization called Business as Ministry BAM? Or it's a maybe it's not an organization, but it's a concept of using is what you've described using businesses for ministry. I don't think I have. I have to go check them out. I've got a friend back home who's on a board of directors of another ministry that I help lead. And uh, he started a manufacturing business years ago. Now he's retired, but now he's trying to pour into these young people that are building yes. these kind of businesses yes. that are for-profit businesses yep. for um, the sake of ministry. Mm, I love it. Yeah. I think, I think there's so much goodness in there because I think there's a follow-up volume beyond the story of good to, to the make a difference dare, which will come out next year. Again, Lord willing, if I can yeah. get myself together. Yeah. But my, my goal is to say, hey, these stories were really good. And isn't it inspiring to read these stories? Now, what are you going to do? Like, mm-hmm. what, what hobby do you have? What, what thing do you do? What business do you have? How could you do what God has already gifted you or wired you to do? But how could you do it intentionally in a way where you're going to help people? What's this revived and renovated? That is it's another book. It is another book. Um, that came from conversations I had with my friend Paige Ryan. She was a HGTV um, host of a uh, hidden treasures, hidden potential. Uh, a few years back, she loves design. She loves uh, reviving and renovating different um, projects, different home things. She got one of my uh, heart and home books early on. Somebody sent it to her. We didn't know each other. We met online. We started having these conversations about what revived or renovated meant. I found out that she's a Catholic, okay. and and I come from a Southern Baptist background, and so you know it was an interesting thing for us to kind of talk about what my book was saying uh, with scripture and what I'm uh, relating it to the home, and these conversations kind of burst out a, an opportunity for us to say, hey, let's record some things. You know, cool. so we we recorded our conversations. So these are actually conversations that we had with each other about what the Bible says about being revived. What the Bible says about being restored, renewed, remade. In the last chapter, she gets to talk about recovery because she did walk a path of addiction. She was she was had a very hard time, but she has recovered, and and God's redeemed that for her. And as a result of our conversations, she has read her Bible through from beginning to end wow. for the very first time in her entire adult life. Awesome. And for me, that was the greatest thrill because she brought to the table this interesting design conversation and about what that looks like in our homes and just even fresh ideas for sometimes when you can't go buy new things, you yeah. know, how you can go to Goodwill and get some of that fun stuff. She let me bring the, the, the spirit of what the Lord has to say about what that looks like in our hearts to cool. the table. And yeah. we got to discuss that and what it meant to her. and. That was just, it was a really, really exciting opportunity for us to talk. And then we said, you know what? I bet maybe some people would read it. Yeah. So how many books are in your repertoire? Um, it's a great question. Uh, I think we're at 11 or 12. Yep. Yeah. So you just picked up this publishing company. Yeah, just launched it, it fresh from the ground up. Oh, you didn't buy it. You just started it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> cool. So um, what's your... What do you see the next five or ten years? I mean, we know that many are the plans of man, but the Lord directs his steps. Sure. Um, 
but I mean, you're not going to do anything if you don't have some plans or some dreams or some goals. Like, what do you want to see this turn into? Well, you know, I like I named it Endgame Press because I thought I really wanted people to understand that I wanted them thinking about the the bottom line and and you know a little bit of Marvel fan you know yeah, going oh, on yeah. there too right say, like your what? end game you know and <laughs> yeah. I was like can I use that you know is there a way for me to use that um, but but end game press really was you know what is your end game like what are we doing here and why are we still here and how do I leave and make something of an impact and leave a legacy not for my own name but but for the Lord's name and so I thought maybe um, a handful of books, maybe five at a time or something, would be kind of what the Lord had for me. But we'll have 19 books by the end of the year and 44 by the end of next year. Wow. So so the Lord's growing things much faster than I anticipated. Yeah. We've got new imprints that keep coming along where other authors are leading maybe their own children's imprint for the very first time, and they get to do um, some different things that they've always wanted to do. When you say imprint, what do you, what's that? So um, sometimes certain imprints will have a particular collection of books. Like they're, um, my friend Michelle is launching Wren and Bear Books with us. And hers are faith, fun, and fascination. That's her kind of her branding that she wants. So she's going to have books that are very particular to that. She's going to cultivate those. She's going to manage those projects. She's going to work those. That'll be her imprint. We're going to launch a new imprint for young people called Generation Hope, where they're ages 10 to 24. We have our first author coming on board next year who's just 14. Wow. So we're going to help encourage young authors, the next generation, who cool. are our hope, uh, but also the managing uh, editor of that imprint. Her name is Hope. So it was one of those really wow. awesome things that we were like, this is it. This is the name. Um, so that next generation who needs encouragement in writing, who need um, even lessons with how to publish, you know, how the layout works. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love to see illustrators come in that are kids and be able to use their artwork and things like that. Um, I, the big dream, I'd love to send missionaries overseas to do translation work for some of our books. Um, cool. I'd love to have a nonprofit uh, wing dedicated to helping pastors and people in ministry get books out. Uh, there's there's big ideas back there and they just keep happening faster and faster and what about other book ideas where, where are you going as an author you know that's been the challenge uh, I have slowed down the writing because it's been really hard to focus on my own work so I'm not sure what the Lord has in mind if I need more balance or to delegate better mm -hmm. uh, to my team because he's brought along some really great people that have come alongside to work with me mm -hmm. um, so it may be a matter of me needing to make some adjustments so that I protect some time a little better to make sure that I can work on my projects mm -hmm. um, or it might be that that season might be starting to kind of close a bit for me mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. because I'm finding such great joy in working on other people's projects too cool. and I didn't expect that you know I just didn't realize it was going to be such an impact for me to be able to be so proud of being able to produce their things and yeah. and see that come to life and be just as excited about That's that. Awesome. Um, that was a really really neat kind of byproduct of what happened as I did this. Um, books that I had seen in contests when I was helping other organizations, being able to bring them to life, get them published for yeah. them. That's exciting, you know, helping new debut authors who maybe I had coached in the past about how to market themselves and how to grow their online yeah. platforms and knowing how hard they work I wanted to work with them you know and, and seeing their first books come to life that's been really exciting part of the process that um, maybe he's transitioning me or yeah. maybe I have to do a better job managing my time it's one or the other yeah. uh, and I feel like I'll have to make that decision pretty soon because I have lots of book ideas I mean they never stop yeah um, and I believe in building out brands and really developing 
I would love to see a story of good for young people as so as they're deciding what to do with the rest of their lives yeah. that they would you know maybe think about how they could choose yeah. on purpose to do certain things so I, I see a lot yep. of potential with a lot of things we talked about let's talk about our kids for a second um, or our sons at least yeah who are the same age um, <clears throat> he's your youngest he's my my oldest okay and uh, your son is just starting school today that's right at a local community, community college. college and my son I told you I talked to him about going to college he's a sharp kid uh, my kids are all homeschooled as well yeah okay my wife did all that yeah. oh, fantastic. So, kudos to her yes. uh, his diploma he, he took a couple classes at a local Christian school where he played basketball I'm on the board and I was his basketball coach and uh, <laughs> and so on the diploma uh, under my wife's name, it says, you know, curriculum director and educator. We made these diplomas <laughs> yes, up. You know? Yeah, I know. And then, un, um, we have Durstock Academy. I mean, I know. Yeah, <laughs> under my under my name, it says field trip coordinator. <laughs> and so you can just see. And then I told my wife, I am the superintendent of the principal as well. But we don't need to list that on there. But You should have all the little, like, extra yeah. little titles. Yeah. <laughs> titles Snacks. are free. Snacks. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, I talked about it going to college. He, he doesn't know what he wants to do yet. Mm. And, and my whole thing was, you know, when we were younger, yep. it was like you just go off to college. Right. Without really thinking about it. Sure. And it was kind of like if you don't go to college, you kind of haven't made the cut. Mm. You know, like the mm -hmm. kids that didn't go to college were not smart enough right. or they didn't have it together. Mm -hmm. If they went into the job market or to community college, it was like, oh. Yeah. That's too bad. Right. And, and even schools treated that as a fail because mm -hmm. it was like you want to be college prepared. Yes. Well, not everyone needs to go to college. And I'm glad that we're at a place right now where there's freedom um, for kids to not have to go to that if they don't want to know. But, but my son is um, he's entrepreneurial. He's a good mm -hmm. people person. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to take a year and get a job. And we, we've got a couple of business ideas that we want to have him dabble with just to see if any of that takes mm -hmm. and I think his position right now is I'm going to work for a year and kind of experiment with some things and if I find something that I want to do in this next year then I'll stick with that mm -hmm. and if not I'll look at going and getting a degree yeah absolutely um tying that into what what was the book that you wanted to make for kids yeah, a story of good, a, a, story of good a, for, a kind of a challenge, challenge. towards uh, young yeah. people who so, are trying to make those decisions. Yeah, you know, so what a, is next? As you coach your own son, mm -hmm. how, how, how are you navigating that? Um, you know, it is, it's a challenge because you see potential sometimes in your own kids that yeah. they don't see themselves yet. Yeah. And you also know when they're homeschooled, they're home a lot, they don't necessarily have a lot of experiences yep. or ideas about what's possible. Yeah. And as you know, the internet boom there's so many possibilities now yeah. that there weren't when when you and I were younger right when it was time to go to college you went to college so that you could get that job that you thought you, you know, yeah and there's a lot of jobs you can get now that you don't need it. you have no need for that college degree um, and so that's the that's the the beauty of being able to say hey you don't know quite what know what you want to do yet so let's take a few courses let's just get out there let's yep. meet some people let's hear their you yep. know majors and what they want to do with their lives let's get a little bit of experience that's 
both of our daughters did the same thing. Yeah. Um, and actually, we, we teased our oldest that she was still being homeschooled even those first two years of college because she did everything online. Yeah. So we were like, okay, so we're homeschooling college now too. I mean, yeah. I, mean I, haven't, <laughs> I don't have to do anything with it, thank goodness, but, you know, you're still home. So, yeah. you know, like, how did you manage that, you know? So, so it's been really great, though, because it, it extended some of that time home together, which I loved. Yeah. And, but they were still becoming more independent and taking that next step. Yeah. It also gave them some clarity about what was next yeah. and what they wanted to pursue. Um, and, and we just, we keep trying to have those conversations. What is it that you want to, what do you enjoy? What do you like? What has God already wired you yeah. with that yeah. you could take advantage of versus yeah. trying to train yourself to be somebody maybe that you're actually really not. So we haven't required college. We think a couple of years is probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, but we haven't said, hey, each one of you need to go to college. But as you know, like firstborns tend to yeah. you know, sometimes be a little different. Babies are different. Middles yep. are different. Yep. So, you know, each one has, has kind of addressed it in a different way. Yeah. Um, but they're all feeling their way through and learning. Yeah. I, you know, our middle daughter would love it if she could have a job where she could talk about theology all day. Like yeah. where you could just cool. sit down and have those conversations, not combative. But yeah. She doesn't want to like argue with you. She just wants to hear what you think. And then, awesome. you know, talk about what she That's thinks. That's a podcaster. I mean, she just loves it. I, yeah. I tell her, I tell her all the time. She should just keep, they, they launched their own business when they were younger. The girls did uh, called cool chicks coffee. I thought it was going to be like a six week curriculum we were going to do. And <laughs> it turned into this business that still exists today. You know, they were five and eight when they started. So, awesome. um, you know, cool chicks coffee and, uh, I said, you need to just actually open a, probably a coffee shop, serve people. It's your business. You have your own business. Then you can talk to people Sit all day theology. about theology and yeah. whatever you want to talk about because it's your business. So you can do what you want. I said, that's probably what you need to do with your life, you know? I mean, we that's had that awesome. actual conversation this summer. So you've got these publishing houses. Do you think any of your kids are going to want to be involved in that? It's kind of like a family business, maybe. I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to put my son in a warehouse <laughs> and, you know, have him, you know, maybe run it. Uh, I think I think the middle who loves to talk about theology probably she's she's got some great writing ideas. She struggled a little bit with anxiety mm-hmm. through the years and and the, what the Lord's taught her. And she worked in a, a youth ministry this summer and was able to really pour into some kids to help them as they go through some of those things. So I think she's got potential to do some writing herself. She, um, she's very creative. Um, the oldest, of course, is to take charge. She's already launched probably three of her own businesses. I, cool. It could be more. She has a couple of LLCs. I, you know, I lost track there yeah. after a while. Um, but I blame my husband and myself, you know, for that because you know she's the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I each each one, I would love to see do that. But I don't know. I, yeah. You know, they may be made for something else. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's fun watching it unfold. Oh, it is. And and this stage is really. Um, well, you know, as they get into those teenage years, it's a little harder stage than when they were little because you yeah. can control everything. You know, yeah. when they get a little bit older, you're like, okay, I can't like control everything anymore. Hoping for the best, but I'm gonna try to like still keep a few boundaries around so that yeah. you know you don't go too far off track. But, you know, once they're once they're beyond that 18, you just go, all right, Lord, you know, I'm yeah. I'm just gonna keep praying a lot more than yeah. maybe I ever have, and you do that work in their heart and you keep them right where you want them. This is anything what we're talking about here at this book. Uh, conference, but um, don't you think, you know, Mason graduating, I kind of wondered what that would be like, you mm-hmm. know, like that's a big milestone and it, in a lot of people's minds, that's the end. Yes. And, and it was, I think a little tough on my wife cause she just a lot of contact hours, yes. a lot of time. And I get it. I mean, we're moving from one season to another season. But I just think that we're seeing and we will continue to see the fruits of our investment of time with our kids 
so that the relationships that we have with them lifelong mm -hmm. are going to be very special mm -hmm. and unlike what we see in our society or what we're familiar with growing up yes just because I'm, I, I have great parents who raised me in the Lord my mom stayed home with us and uh, but because the condition of our culture today yes it required an intentionality from us with our kids that is unprecedented compared to generations before right and one of the sweet silver linings in that is that I really do believe that the the, the close-knit knittedness yes. of our families mm -hmm. is gonna endure so that something like graduating from high school is not this painful tearing away right because there's not a tear it's a change it's a change it, there's some independence and some mm -hmm. separation but it's not a tearing away in no. the way that it has been for previous generations you know what i'm saying i do uh i remember when when our oldest graduated high school kind of felt the same way i was like we better take some vacations together because who knows how this long we'll it. be able to do it yeah. you know but we've been doing that for seven years now <laughs> <laughs> And they love you paying for it still. Exactly. <laughs> and and I love it, too, because it wasn't what I expected. I kind of thought, yeah. oh, man, you know, we're going to separate. We're not going to see each other as much. We're not going to be able to do that family vacation. We're not going to be able to have that time around the dinner table. Right. It, it won't be the same. And, no, it's not the same, but it's really beautiful because it's, like you said, that fabric hasn't torn. Yeah. It's super strong because yeah. of, of the roots that we laid early yeah. on. And, and I love it because I'm getting to watch it with, with both girls and and so my confidence that my son will still kind of be close by, even though he's also launching too. Yeah. I have a little more confidence now because I've seen it a couple of times. That's and, awesome. And we keep taking last vacations. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay with doing that for a little while longer. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, where can people follow you online, uh, your publishing house, if they're interested in that, social media? Sure. Everywhere. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> com, kind of hard to spell. It's a D-U-E-R-S-T-O-C-K. But I do Heart and Home Books as well. So heartandhomebooks.com or endgamepress.com. All of my social media is V Durstock. So V-D-U-E-R-S-T-O-C-K. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I have a Snapchat. I don't use it. Only I to, don't either. I only talk to my son. You know, it's about yeah. the only way I can get I him to answer. I still don't even really understand how it works. <laughs> People, people friend me, and I'm like, you don't want to do that because, like, I, I'm there. But have you guys found this be real thing yet? Oh, my kids are doing it. My, I, my, I haven't my gotten kids into, got it yet. into it, and I'm doing it to connect with our basketball team. Yeah, and to actually to keep my eye on them. <laughs> but 100%. it's like this stuff is out of control. Can There's, you imagine what it would have been like if we had this when we were young? Game, no. game over. No, I would have been toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I cannot imagine. It's so very different. Yeah. And it rapidly, rapidly yeah. different. So. And you're trying to teach these kids to handle it appropriately and they're not mature enough to even know their head from a hole in the ground. Right. It's, it's really hard to do that. I mean, we've had the same conversation. You know, what's the appropriate age or do you just ban it all together? We can't ban it because right. then all of a sudden they're 18 and they go no crazy. holds barred, right? So, yeah. so you have to learn to manage it and, and yeah. teach them how to discipline themselves. And I mean, it is, it's hard. It's, yeah. it's all around. And I mean, every, every platform seems to just generate no, more, you know, I'm like, Oh my goodness. You know, how many more will there be? Yeah. Victoria, this has been a great conversation. Thanks for stopping by and uh, God's richest blessings to all the things you're doing. It's really cool. Thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for having me. You bet. 
The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.